The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about double or nothing from this past weekend and crowds being back and the reaction in Jacksonville, Florida. What a positive. We'll get into that. And speaking of Double or Nothing, the man who is announced as now being a part of AEW, our very own Mark Henry, joins us here on Busted Open. And speaking of brand new, how about the new play-by-play voice of Monday Night Raw, Jimmy Smith, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I thought of you when I was at Dynamite on Friday and when I was at Double or Nothing on Sunday because you and me more than anybody have been a part of Busted Open during this pandemic doing shows. And I remember, I, I guess it was about a year ago that you said, man, when the time comes again that we're around a full venue of fans, it's it's going to be emotional. And I said, you know what? It's probably going to bring a tear to my eye. And I remember you saying, yeah, I bet it will. And definitely on Sunday to be in a packed Daly's place with everybody on their feet, having a good time cheering and chanting again. I got, I, I got emotional because there were times, Bully, that you and I were on the air like, when is this ever going to happen again? And it was great to experience that this past Sunday. I'm sure you felt like you actually survived something, and that's why the emotion came through. Like, thank God we've made it here. Thank God we've gotten to the other side. Thank God that we're, you know, a- a- allowed to be back amongst one another again. It, it, I, I, um, I had a similar feeling this weekend doing the things that I were doing and seeing everybody gathered together, having a great time the same way they were at Double or Nothing. Um, you know, everybody had this sense of we made it. We're going to be okay. Yeah. And um, just watching on TV where you were at live, I know how it felt coming through the TV. I, I know what I was watching and hearing and that place was on fire. That place was electric. They were, people were ready to go. They were going to have a great time. 
no matter if they got a good show or a bad show. And they got a very good show at Double or Nothing. And we're going to break everything down today. I'm bringing back the good, the bad, and the ugly. Nice. Just to, just to talk about um, Double or Nothing. We got that coming up later on. Huge surprise that we saw at Double or Nothing, our very own Mark Henry coming out. And we're going to be talking to him to, this morning in about uh, 20 minutes about his new role in AEW. Um, did you know about the Mark Henry uh, thing? I sat and had breakfast with, it was myself, Evil Ed Robinson, my wife, Violetta, uh, Mark Henry's son, Jacob, and Mark. We We all had breakfast together. And it wasn't like a quick breakfast. Like we sat there like, like for about two and a half hours, like just bullshitting. And unless I went up to use the bathroom at some point in that two and a half hours where he said it, Mark said nothing to me. And I was as surprised as the 5,000 people at Daly's place and the people watching at home. Well, that's the way you're supposed to do it. You keep your mouth shut. You tell absolutely nobody because once one person knows, there's a chance that another person can know. And just like that old school head and shoulders commercial, <laughs> I tell a friend, then they tell a friend, and so on and so on. And the, uh, and the powder keg fuse in pro wrestling is very, very quick. People find out things uh, in rapid fashion. So keeping your mouth shut is always the best way to go. Plus... It allows you as a fan to have another special moment. Think about how you felt when Mark Henry was announced and he came out. You're like, oh my God, wait a minute. I, I, I host a show with him. He's on this show with us. Why wouldn't he tell us? And then you're like, oh, because he wants me to experience the emotion the same way everybody else is. So uh, good moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Serious XM Fight Nation is your home for the hardest hitting combat sports talk you'll find in the world. Whether it's pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing, join the conversation with us at 877-FIGHT-93. Anytime from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. As we react to the hottest storylines, most intriguing matchups, and more. Oh my God! Your home for the best all-day combat sports talk anywhere is Serious XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Mark, Bully asked me right at the top of the show, did you have any idea what was about to happen at Double or Nothing? And I said, I did. I was as surprised as the 5,000 people who were in attendance in Jacksonville on Sunday. Congratulations, well, I mean, I, Mark. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, um, I've always wanted to be an executive. I've always wanted to get credit for the – things that I say and my job depend on how well I do that. And as a talent, it's undeniable. You go in, you have a good match, you have another good match and you get a string of matches and people grow to know you like that. But in uh, the world of being in the office, you know, you got to have pelts on the wall. It's, it, if you don't have pelts on the wall then people tend to go, eh, well, what, what is he doing? So, you know, I, I want to show, man, I want I want uh, a room full of, like, pelts on the wall. Like, you know, Mark Henry did that. Mark Henry did that. Like, I'm, I'm very, I mean, it's not vain. It's just I'm ambitious. I've always been ambitious. You don't get to be a national champion in four different things that don't have nothing to do with each other and a world champion in three others. 
if you don't have a strong work ethic, if you don't want to be successful, you don't want the pats on the back. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting the pats on the back in the pro wrestling industry. And I believe it's looked down upon. Like, people uh, look at you differently when you would like a little bit of credit for a good match or a good idea or a good promo or a good scenario. Um, I, I don't know where that stems from. Uh, it, it's as if um, wanting a little bit of adulation has become uh, dirty in the wrestling business, like as if you're chasing your own hug. No. If I go out there and I do a good job, <clears throat> I'd like that pat on the back because I've gotten so many knives in my back over the years. I'm not talking personally. I'm saying wrestlers in general. We hear so much negative, negative, negative that it's nice to have that pat on the back. Yeah, I want to be able to appreciate myself, and I'd like others to appreciate, you know, what what uh what I've done or what you've done or anybody else. So I'm in complete agreement with you on that, Mark. Let, let me ask my first question, though, because before we can move forward with what you're going to be doing with AEW and how you got to Double or Nothing, I kind of need to hear this backstory or as much backstory as you're willing to share because Big Show leaving... Completely shocking. You leaving, I could make an argument for more shocking. Because for people that don't know, you had signed one of the biggest WWE deals back in the day when you came out of the Olympics. You had a long-term deal for a boatload of money. You're one of those guys that I felt could have been a WWE lifer. What went on? Did your contract expire? Did you guys agree to just part ways for now? Did you talk to Vince personally? Please let us in. Before before I I, I give that explanation, um, asking for credit is as you said, look dirty upon. It's as dirty as asking a wrestler, "Hey man, how much did they pay you?" Because in our business, everybody's trained and coerced to not talk about money because it's just like the way it's always been. And, you know, I just felt like that's a bad policy. I mean, the, the best way to know your worth is to know what the standard is so you can make an, a, an even negotiation of um, what it is you're doing for what you're saying you're going to do. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's worth it, but you you have to go by the open market. You have to go by market value. And now I'll answer your question. Okay, my 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 deal was up. And six this is this is not something that was, you know, recent. You know, like I go back to um five months, six months. I, I want a, uh, a position in office and I want everything that comes with it. And you um, wanted a position in the office with the WWE. Yes. Okay. And I talked to Vince himself and he said, write it up. He was like, you know, you're, uh, you're somebody that I'll, 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 I'll hear from. I'll listen to. And, um, I was told that, there was a lot of cleaning house and 
there was a lot of cuts that were happening and there was a lot to come. And I've seen hundreds of people uh, in the company go. And I still felt like, well, well, I mean, knowing this, I feel valuable enough that I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Well, that's cool. But when your deal comes up and the rights, you know, the legalities part of it comes up to uh, where you're going to go next and what you're going to do, I felt like I, I wanted to do more. I always wanted to do more. You know me. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a busybody. I, if I'm not doing what I know I can do, and if I, especially if I think I could do it better than somebody else, and I can't get that opportunity, then I have to start looking for that opportunity somewhere else. And, and I, I did. So what was that conversation with Vince like? Did you tell Vince you were splitting? Did he say, God bless you, see you later, go? I mean, was this a difficult Not negative. conversation? It wasn't, it wasn't negative. <clears throat> you know, everybody knows me and Vince got love for each other. And, and, yeah. and more, than, more than love, respect. And me calling him and saying, and saying um, what needed to be said was came from a place of a like a, a a brother telling his older brother, uh, man, I, I'm tired of being in the shadows. Like, I feel like somebody beneath you is holding me back. And if somebody's holding me back, I got to go. Because you, you could tell everybody what to do. But there might be something that comes with that. But I feel like I'm being held back. I'm not getting, you know, what I want. And I want us to be successful. You know, I want to be able to earn more. I want to be able to get those pelts on the wall. And man, it was just like the coolest thing. He's like, man, you 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 know everything you need to know. You you go and you, if if you feel like you have to go, don't necessarily want it, but if you feel like you need to go, then then go. I know you're gonna be successful. And that's you know that's 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 what you would want you know like I, I'm not gonna run from the uh, conversation like that. There's a lot of people that are kind of scary and unloyal or whatever. Nobody will never say Mark Henry is unloyal. I've been loyal. I, I mean, there were times where I was offered more money and I didn't leave. Twenty five years with the same company, through the good, through the bad. I was there and everything wasn't perfect. What, what family has a perfect existence? Not very many. And, uh, but mine was really good. You know, I had a really good experience. I learned a lot. Uh, I spent more time in the production office and in the trucks than I did around the ring and in catering. I always joke about being in catering and all of that, but man, I always had an executive mindset. Mark, I know something that was important with you in the WWE, and that's community outreach. Is that something that's going to continue here with AEW? Yes, and and that's that's where we get to the brass tacks, um, talent wise, and the the way that the show flows and the high flying has brought in the young people. And 
the the way that you bring in the older uh, demographic is you use the old school way, the grassroots way. You're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to be in newspapers again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to have to reach out to the communities that we serve, all of the arenas and all of the shows that we do. Um, there's going to be a, a, a presence in the local media, uh, TV, newspapers, uh any way that we can get attention in that town. Uh, and, and the way you do that is you, if you're on the six o'clock news before the show starts, uh, you need to have representation reaching out to the community saying, Hey, we have the boys and girls club kids here. We're going to bring them in and we're going to have a good time. We're going to eat popcorn and drink colas and have a good time. And you're going to have to support the special Olympics. You're going to have to support, uh, local things that that are important and pertinent to those communities to get them to say, you know what, man, I'm, I'm gonna have to tune in and watch these guys. That's what older people do. Um, so we we're gonna we're gonna, we're not gonna change the direction and go away from um, the younger movement. Uh, I'm still kind of a boomer. I, I I joke around. I'm 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 not out there in the streets like I was when I was younger. So I don't know all the terminology and everything that the kids are doing these days. But I know what the old people do, and and that's where I'm going to put my focus. Since the dawn of time, people have yearned for the greatest wrestling talk show ever. You had me at hello. Busted Open with Dave LaGreca. That's right. Alongside Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, and Mark Henry. Your home for spot-on analysis. You don't make nobody, you didn't beat nobody. Full of fun. Never about hate. From the best in the business. Tommy, Tommy, love. At least when it comes to wrestling. Busted Open, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius XM Channel 156. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked, from family farms and cold press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, good morning to you. How are you? Oh, my God. I'm recovering. How are you doing? <laughs> okay. Really quick, Jimmy, just a side note. Pro wrestling is so much better than what you watched last night. Just that's that's not the norm. Pro wrestling is so much better, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad to know that, right? I mean, if you start off that way, it can only get better, I guess. Yes. There you yeah, go. Man. No, but congratulations because, man, I, I thought you did a really good job. And, you know, Bully last week was saying probably best for Jimmy uh, to stay off social media, at least right off the bat. But judging by social media, a lot of people had a lot of positive things to say about your debut last night. Dude, that's, that's common advice. <laughs> Everyone's like, whatever you do, stay off social media. And the funny thing is, man, it's like, I'm not from ESPN. I'm from MMA. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm from a vicious fan base myself. Like, I'm not, I don't go around looking on social media for praise. I never do that. So a lot of the things that are, I don't know, shocking to somebody coming from baseball or something, I, yeah, I get it. I, I would never do that in a million years. It's just, it's just not how I function. It's not something I care about. Obviously, I want the fans to think I'm good, but, you know, social media is just brutal, and I generally stay off of it. And so, it's it's to me, it's about, you know, Triple H texted me this morning, was like, dude, great job. Thank you so much. And, and like, that's what matters, man. You know, like, keeping your gig depends on four or five key people, and they're all happy this morning. That's what matters. Jimmy, I've been vocal over the years how I'm not the biggest MMA fan in the world. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As you've been vocal saying that you haven't been the biggest pro wrestling fan in the world. And, you know, you kind of stopped watching as of grade school. Now, all of a sudden, you got this gig at Monday Night Raw. I know that you respect pro wrestling. I know that you respect the grind and what goes on in there in the ring. But sitting at the announce desk last night, did you garner a new appreciation for the world of pro wrestling and what goes on and, and what's involved with putting on a show like Raw? Oh, my God. The show itself. And, and forget wrestling, forget MMA. When you look at the nuts and bolts of a show that, the, that Raw puts on, the SmackDown, the nuts and bolts of that show are amazing. The number of moving parts they have, the way they sew the storylines together and all this stuff is incredible. I don't care if you're a pro wrestling fan or not. That's amazing. And then, of course, like, you know, it, what's so weird to me, guys, is, you know, once again, I, I stopped watching pro wrestling in, like, 1990, right? And I was maybe 13 years old. And I, I grew up getting in high school. Going back and seeing it with adult eyes, 
it's 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 so different, and you appreciate it. I don't know. I don't know if I can say more, but as an adult watching these guys perform, because remember when I was a kid, it wasn't a performance; it was a real you know combat sport. You know, in our minds, to watch them perform like that is incredible. And when I as an adult watching again, it was it, it's 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 a totally different experience. And then there's that other level of being there live. And when Kofi Kingston against Drew McIntyre went over that wall, he literally did catch his leg on the wall and started screaming. And we all went, oh, crap. You know, I mean, they, they rushed back there to help him get up in time for the commercial. And he got, was like, dude, I'm good. Let's go. Insane. In, insane watching it live. And Sheamus got kicked, and he starts leaking blood all over the place. And in MMA, that's much more normal, but he had to keep going in character, in storyline, in everything with what was clearly a smashed nose. And that's, I mean, it's like an actor busting their nose and staying in character and finishing the scene. And it's so different and amazing getting back as a fan as an adult and then being there live. It was, it was awesome, man. You know, and and I don't mean to compare to the to the previous person, like with Adnan Verk, but obviously, Jimmy, you're skilled in play by play. You did it in the world of MMA. Uh, you're amazing talk show host right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation with unlocking the cage. But you did a wonderful job, and I got to give you so much praise. Just the way you dealt with the three man booth, because that's got to be difficult to be able to to kind of you know to write that ship, control that ship. When you have two other people that are talking as well, you did a wonderful job making sure they got enough time in, making sure you use their names when you referred to them, and just leaning on them as well. You know, you're the play-by-play guy. You're running the ship, but those are the experienced announcers that know what's going on in the ring. I thought you did a really good job controlling that booth last night. Dude, that that's amazing praise because – the hardest part of, of, of this gig so far, obviously my first day, what WWE does with play-by-play and, and color analysis is very, very different than any other broadcast I've ever been on. Um, in, in MMA, play-by-play and analysts are really, really well-defined roles, and they don't one doesn't do what the other does. And, and that's not the case in WWE where – they would do a lot of package stuff, and they would do a lot of you know ins and outs from commercial, which which is which is never done by um, analysts in in other sports. And also, they were t- I was told in the beginning before we started, Jimmy, joint locks are all you. Like someone gets in a joint lock, you know that stuff. And so like when you know when when um, Drew McIntyre's arm he starts favoring his arm because the joint locks and stuff, they were like Jimmy, go like you take that, which a play by play guy would never do in an MMA context, but they respect my, you know, my, my MMA ability. So there was a joint lock, it came more in they wanted me to take it. So those lines were way blurrier than any other sport I've ever done. And so to hear, like, I, I did a good job. It was amazing because it felt so difficult to keep those lines straight while I was doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, and that's where your experience comes in. Go ahead, Bully. Without a doubt, I totally agree with Dave. And being at that announce desk is one of the most difficult jobs in WWE, and it is because of the voices in your head and the voices in your ear. We've heard from many other people who have either called play-by-play or, or have done color that having Vince McMahon or Kevin Dunn or anybody else in your ear 
can screw with you at times can be difficult how was the experience for you the first time out was it more difficult than you thought it was easier and did you find it helpful number one easier than yeah because i've heard all the stories you guys have heard but you gotta remember i had Bjorn redney yelling at me in bellator you know i mean like i you know that that happens it's not a big deal dana didn't really do that in the ufc but you know, I, I, I've, I've dealt with people yelling at me, multiple people talking to me at the same time. That's not weird at all. And when Vince hopped on, it was about things that were specific to WWE that I need to learn that I found very, very helpful. He didn't just, I don't know, I don't know what, what, what anybody expected, but, you know, things like whenever we say WWE fans, it's our fans. Not, uh, got it. You know what I mean? There's, there's verbiage that is specific to the WWE. They specifically want certain things. They specifically don't want certain things that are very common in other sports, especially MMA. So every time Vince jumped on, it was a specific, hey, in WWE, we say this. Be sure next time. Got it. 100% understand. So it wasn't, it was, it was all helpful. Three people were never talking at the same time. Although it was three different voices, they all jumped on at different times. I had Cole in my ear because Cole was, was producing uh, – from the event as well, I had Kevin and occasional events. Vince, not that much. And Kevin and Cole were good at not, you know, stepping on each other. The hard part is when people try to tell you something at the same time. You know, the director and the producer are, are yakking at the same time. You go, guys, you know, one voice I can't hear. That never happened. So as far as that went, their on-air traffic was great. And Kevin's lead-ins were great. He gave me plenty of time. The countouts are a lot shorter. I got to get used to that because they'll go commercial three, two. Usually, you get more time than that. It's just the nature of the way pro wrestling works. You know what I mean? But but production wise, they were great. Jimmy, do you feel like the world of UFC or Bellator um, got you more ready for this gig at Raw? Oh yeah, oh yeah. But but which, but which you, company? Like I thought it would be Bellator because Bellator has got more of that pro wrestling feel. Do you feel like one of those gigs helped set you up for this a little bit more? Bellator a little more. Um, yeah, because and also a lot more was on my shoulders in Bellator. It was it was almost always a two man booth. So as the analyst, I was the only analyst. We didn't have a lot of three man booths, which I did um, all the time in the UFC. So just having more on your shoulders prepared me. Also, um, the most comfortable I felt was calling the actual matches. Like you know what I mean? Like you know the the, the packages and interviews and throwing to Miz TV and then we come out of Miz TV and all that stuff is is new, right? It's it's all stuff I haven't dealt with before and and. But, like, in the middle of a match, a dude's getting kicked in the face. I was like, yeah, I know this. You know, This is my wheelhouse. The dude just got kicked in the mouth, you know. So there's that. And, and I got to tell you guys, on the inside, the advice for me from everybody from the beginning was, you know, you may screw up moves. You may do this. You may do that. Um, number one, they were surprised at all the moves I knew. <laughs> so afterward, Byron was like, a few times, he's like, dude, I stepped on you because I didn't think you'd know the name of the move, and you did. And so I was like, oh, my God, he knows the name of the moves. It's crazy, right? So, uh, But a big part of it was they said, you have energy. Just have energy. Just tell people they should be excited to be here and be excited to be seeing what you're seeing. That was the advice from, like, four different people was, hey, you can F this up. You can F that up. You can F up people's names. Have energy during the match. And I went, no problem. That I've been doing for a long time. So that was really the preparation is like, you know, if, if you don't care, fans aren't going to care. And I was able during the match to, 
especially the Kofi Kingston Drew, uh, Drew match, Drew McIntyre. That was incredible. My energy level was like through the roof the whole time. So as long as I had that, I, I, I felt good. But that was my the major advice I was given, you know? Jimmy, the, the advice to have energy, do you think that was, you know, painting with a broad stroke like they would have told anybody who was brand new to do that? Or do you believe that it comes because the guy that came before you may have lacked energy? Look, let, I'm going to be totally honest with you. Um, when I was watching Adnan, uh, Adnan last time, I had to turn it up. I had to literally, like, turn it up. And then, and then Corey and Byron, I had to turn down because – I, I couldn't hear Adnan, so I had to turn it up. And then when, you know, Corey or Byron brought, brought energy, I, like, blasted my TV, and I kept having to turn it up and down, and I was like, that shouldn't be happening. So I think they were very cognizant of making sure the energy level of Byron and Corey matched my energy level. That, that when I was like, oh, my God, like, we were all, oh, my God, at the same time. It wasn't one of us is talking in a, in a, in a regular voice, and the other one is going over the top. And I, I believe that was a concern going in. Obviously, they wanted us to match. And I think we did it pretty well. I mean, it's up to you guys. But I, I thought the energy level would tweak. You don't want one person super excited and everybody else is, is lulled. I thought we were all jacked up about the same stuff. Uh, how much prep had to go in? I mean, you know, you do MMA on a daily basis here on Fight Nation with Unlocking the Cage. Like, I'm, this seemed like a quick turnaround for you. It wasn't that long ago you and I were talking about, you know, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair on Pav the series. Like, how much homework did you need to do before this gig last night? Dude, I've been doing nothing but homework since January. I've literally lived pro wrestling since January. That's all, like, I mean, of course, I, I, I live MMA, too. So, it's like, MMA and, and pro wrestling, I just, that's all I do all day. But, um... You know, the last time I was on your guys' show, it was I was going to do stuff for NXT. They were going to, you know, slowly bring me to the broadcast. And I found out last week, no, you're taking over our biggest show. Wow. So <laughs> this week has been insane. This week has been, in terms of prep, you know, that's all I've been doing all day, every day is prep. And, and you know, Cole was like, hey, do you have any fun in Tampa? And I said, nope. I've been in this <laughs> room prepping for three days and that's all i've been doing and, and that's all i did do but you know those are the moments you 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 need that stuff you know so not only have i been watching nonstop since january um the study level because i didn't have a particular show to to study for like i, I knew all the storylines on stuff but i had no particular event to get crazy for once i do i'm a psycho about press and that's all i've been doing Jimmy, how was your interaction with the talent, with the guys and gals backstage? Uh, were you at catering with them? Uh, did they ingratiate themselves to you and vice versa? Did they kind of uh, let you into their world at all? Kind of take us backstage and give us the feel. Well, number one, which, which I found interesting, is like I ran into Big E at, at SmackDown. So I'm in the hall with Big E. He's coming out of a, a dressing room and says, hey, man, how you doing? And he goes, oh, man, Jimmy Smith, big fan, man. I'm like, oh, thanks. A lot of them are big MMA fans. So a few of them, I shook hands with my high Jimmy. They go, yeah, I know. You know, I've been watching you for like, <laughs> I've been watching you for 10 years. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, thank you. You know, so, you know, they totally respected me and, and what I had done. And everybody was like, dude, have a blast. We're so glad you're here. Da, 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 da. Um, Drew McIntyre came up to me before the match and, and gave me a bunch of, like, background stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like, like you'd, you like, like, like you'd interview a fighter before a fight. 
he goes, he just gave me a bunch of lines. Like, hey, if you need them, use them. I'm like, dude, 100%. So everybody, to a man and woman, was supportive and excited, and they were thrilled I was there. A lot of them were, once again, fans already. They already knew my work. And so, man, they were all great. They were all great. And then, of course, Bobby Lashley, man, I called his fights in Bellator, so he's walking down the hall. And we were ready to shoot, man. It was hilarious. You know, everybody saw it. And I was like, oh, come on, Bobby. And, you know, of course, I know him already. So we had a great time, man. It was a lot of fun. Well, Jimmy, uh, I thought you knocked it out of the park. I thought you did a fantastic job. And, you know, as as a lifelong wrestling fan, you know, I got I, I never questioned your professionalism. But, you know, for me, it's like, oh, this guy from the outside coming in. But, man, I thought you did a phenomenal job. I'm proud to call you a colleague here on SiriusXM Fight Nation, and I'm looking forward to the future. And I, I think, judging from last night, you're going to be a long-term play-by-play voice of Monday Night Raw. So, Jimmy, congratulations on everything. Just so all the fans know, man, I am learning on the job right now. Every show is going to get better. I am, you know, thinking about everything I did Monday, and it's going to be better Monday. It's going to be better the Monday after that, and I'm in for the long haul, and I really respect um, – this product, man. It's really amazing. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.